0: to God sing praises sing praises to our King sing praises oh clap your hands all you nations show to God with a voice of rejoicing
1: wisdom
0: the reading is from Paul's letter to the Galatians
1: let us be attentive
0: (laughs) brethren I would have you know that the gospel which was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the Church of God violently and tried to destroy it. and. I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of our fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and had called me through his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went away into Arabia, and again I returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him fifteen days. But I saw none of the other apostles, Except for James, the Lord's brother.
1: Peace be with you, the reader. wisdom arise let us hear the holy gospel peace be with you all and with your spirit the reading is from the holy gospel according to saint luke
2: let us be attentive
1: Jesus arrived at the country of the Gadarenes There met him a man from the city who had demons For a long time he had worn no clothes And he lived not in a house but among the tombs
0: When he saw
1: Jesus he cried out and fell down before him And said with a loud voice What have you to do with me Jesus son of the most high God I beseech you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and fetters, but he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion. For many demons had entered him, and they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these, So he gave them leave. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. When the herdsmen saw what happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how he who had been possessed with demons was healed, Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gadarenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged him that he might be with him, but he sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you and he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much jesus had done for him peace be with you who proclaim the gospel
2: father and of the son and of the holy spirit those of us who grew up on in the early days of television as well as those who watch those nostalgia tv channels were always comforted by the fact that we can tell the good guys from the bad guys. It's pretty obvious. You knew the Cartwrights were going to roust out that gang of cattle rustlers. And you knew that Sergeant Joe Friday was going to make an arrest and solve the crime in the city comfort in that. There's a similar comfort that we get from many of the parables of Jesus. First of all, uh, we're raised on them from early church school, and it's pretty obvious, maybe not only when we read it, but certainly in our memory, the good guys from the bad guys and the comfort that comes from reading some of the traditional parables of Jesus, like the prodigal son or the lost sheep. But there's another side to the parables of Jesus. Although Jesus always sought to use common, everyday, familiar circumstances to teach spiritual truths at a higher level. Sometimes, you put a sting into those parables. The circumstances might be familiar, but the story is anything but obvious. I say all this by way of introducing one of the most difficult parables uh, among all of them, all 38 of them. It's the parable of the unjust steward. you find that parable in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 16. There's a steward or the manager of a large landholding who is somewhat of a scandalous and crooked character He's reported, and the master, the owner of the land holding, demands an audit. Well, the steward knew right away that he was in trouble, and he figured, what am I going to do? I'm used to this nice cushy job, and I certainly don't think I can go out and take up manual labor like ditch digging. And really, I'm too proud to beg. So he came up with an idea. He went around to all the people who owned money or goods to the landowner, and he told them, look, quick, mark down on this piece of paper a lower amount than what you really owe. And he went around and did all that. So, the man who began by cheating the landowner ended up by cheating the landowner. But in this way, he made friends with the people who were in debt. Now, an un- a crooked and scheming manager who undermines his master's business, its not likely to be seen as a good guy. And yet, Jesus tells us, in one sense, he's a very good guy. You would think that Jesus would condemn him and say, oh, be honest, be level with all your business dealings, don't be like this unjust steward." And on one hand, he could say that, and he would be right, but he has a sting in the parable. And the sting is this, he commends the steward for being wise enough and quick-witted enough to deal with the circumstances he finds himself in. And this is what Jesus said that the master, which could be the landowner or it could be God Himself, says. The master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. And then he has the one of the most mysterious lines in all the gospels. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light." We're so used to hearing about the sons of light and the sons of darkness and associating the sons of light with the believer that it's quite a sting to hear all of a sudden that Jesus said that the sons of this world, the sons of darkness, are more shrewd than the sons of light. And then he goes on with another verse, which is just as mysterious. I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, mammon being the god of wealth, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. What is Jesus talking about? We're not on the ponderosa anymore. We're in some vague area where everything is topsy-turvy. The sons of light are shrewder than, or rather the sons of darkness are shrewder than the sons of light, and we should make friends with unrighteous mammon. What is Jesus saying? Sometimes, I think he's saying, I think he means, believers can be so spiritual that they're no earthly good. We think in grandiose spiritual terms. We think of martyrdom or sainthood or packing up and going off to Africa to be a missionary. But we don't think about how we're going to shrewdly use the resources we have and know in this real and earthly life. So we become schizophrenic. We think, well, you know, wow, how beautiful Christianity is. and Maybe I'm going to achieve theosis, deification, or maybe I'm going to be lifted up into an ecstasy of blessedness, or maybe I'm going to sacrifice my whole life for God. You don't think, how am I going to use the time on my hands, or the money in my pocket, or my bank account, or my daily work to glorify God? The steward became Christ's hero in this parable, because he understood that he better think about the here and now if he's going to be prepared for the later and down the road. So Jesus is telling us, if we're going to look for that everlasting home, we better figure out what we're doing here and now in this world with our time with our talents, with our treasure—never mind the unjust steward. What kind of steward are you being? With what you really have. Remember that character Walter Mitty? He went around fantasizing all the time about being a air. Playing pilot or other grand vocations, but then he had to come back to earth. He didn't like it. He didn't like the humdrum of daily existence. But that's where, it, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where we live. That's what your church needs from you. Your time now, your talents now, your treasure now. That's what Christ is needing if his work is to be done in this world. That's what this unjust steward is teaching us and that's why he's a hero of one of the strangest parables in all the gospels. But it does have a moral lesson that Christ, through St. Luke, speaks very plainly. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, that is to say, your resources that God has given you in this world, if you are not faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust, true riches. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And may Christ, our true God, who gave us true riches in the spiritual world and in life everlasting, abundant life, may he guide us to be stewards of the resources with which he has blessed us in this, his world, his creation, his here, and his now. Amen. Please rise.